There are no certainties in life except death and taxes. These words, penned in 1789 by Benjamin Franklin in a letter to Jean-Baptiste Leroy, was actually inspired by a statement from Daniel Defoe's The Political History of the Devil. Yet it remains truer today than ever before. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a simple little podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting coat on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely, but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. We live in a time where the rate of change is accelerating faster than our parents ever imagined. Businesses large and small are frequently dying or consolidating, meaning our jobs today are far from certain. Moreover, words like loyalty and service are cast aside in favour of sexier ones like shareholder value, competitive advantage and economies of scale. If you aren't worried about it, then your situation might be worse than you realise. I've had a taste of this at different times in my career, and the only things that kept me sane were the support of my family and the fact that I've always freelanced on the side. I talk a lot these days about the need for a side hustle and you know various different ways to approach it, but without doubt the fastest and easiest way to build insurance into your income is through freelancing. Having some additional source of revenue is what I reckon the best way to ensure that you won't be tossed on the scrap heap and forced to eat out of garbage cans should you become surplus to requirements, as they often define it. Thing is too, I reckon it gets easier as you're older as you get older. If you're over forty, you've acquired a whole raft of knowledge, wisdom and experience in a number of fields probably, some professionally and some personally. And at least one of them can likely be used in some sort of freelancing capacity. Because today's employers require fewer full timers, it's freelance and contract labor that's filling the gaps, and with it showing new opportunities for those who are agile enough to take advantage. Full time employees are expensive to hire. They're expensive to train and house and insure, and they're difficult to deal with when their performance, you know, falls short of expectations. They're also very expensive to replace when they leave. Freelance workers, on the other hand, well, they can be picked up quickly and at a much lower cost usually, and best of all, they're already skilled in the service that businesses need for the job because that's part of how they're selected in the first place. What's more, they come bundled usually with their own equipment, their own workspace, and their own insurance. Now, over the years, I've acquired a whole range of new skills and knowledge, and I've sold those skills to businesses both here and overseas in a number of areas, including photography, writing, marketing, sales strategy, web design, and advertising, both print and digital. And as my reputation's grown, I've picked up new clients without having to sell them at all because they've come to me through referrals. Not one has yet asked to see my formal qualifications because, well, frankly, my work speaks for itself. My work is my qualification. And this is where I see a lot of people vacillate. They fear not being qualified. My 16-year-old daughter is booked solid almost every week as a freelance makeup artist. Is she qualified? Well, up until very recently, no, she wasn't. Uh, Not formally, that's for sure. But is she good at it? (laughs) Absolutely. Sarah's client list and her 120-odd thousand followers on YouTube, well, they're her qualifications. She's a professional through and through, and people pay good money to experience her skills firsthand. In fact, I only uh, just recently convinced her to put her prices up quite a bit, and it hasn't had one bit of negative impact on the number of people taking bookings. In fact, if anything, it's probably improved the quality of customer that she's getting. 
Now, if and when she decides to work for a film studio or an agency, well, she'll bring a huge amount of credible, proven experience to the table because of her documented history as a practitioner, not a theorist, not a student, but somebody who's actually practiced this thing. Now, think about this for a sec. Sarah's only 16. She's had less than four years' experience in this game, all of it executed out of school hours and on weekends, and now she has more work than she can handle. So, how about you? What have you learned over the last 10 to 15 years or 20 years that you can parlay into some sort of part-time freelancing career? Believe me, there is something that you know better than many others, and it doesn't have to be more than everybody. It doesn't have to be you don't have to be the expert in the world or in your country or in your state, um, but there will be something that you know better than many other people, and those people will gladly, other people will gladly pay you for that knowledge. And you don't have to be the best, like I said, either. Um, that's a big misnomer. You only need to know more than the person who's paying you, and that's all. And when you realize that, it takes a huge amount of pressure off because – As we learn skills, as we progress through our careers, we have this tendency to assume that other people know either as much or more than us. And yet the reality is, it's a bit like the boiled frog syndrome, I guess. We don't realize the level of um, knowledge and skill that we acquire as we go along. And so we don't really notice that gap extending between what we know and what a lot of other people know. Anyway, um, thinking that you need to be one of the best is a common form of imposter syndrome. We worry what others are going to think of us or that you know we'll be found out by those who are much smarter than us. But the truth is there will always be someone better than you. Likewise, there will always be plenty who aren't. And some of those people will become your customers. I've been privileged to work for some very smart people, but they're not skilled in the areas that I am. They probably could be if they devoted a few years to learn what I know, but they've got better things to do with their time. So they'd rather pay me to take care of things for them. And I'm betting it's the same for you. What I encourage you to do is to sit down one day with a pad and pen and just think broadly about the things that you've done over the years, professionally and personally. You know, actually write them down. Then go granular on each one of them, particularly particularly the ones that you enjoy, and break them down into little niche areas. Some of these will have freelance potential. I'll give you an example. Say you've been crafting ad campaigns for your employer in the education sector and you're considered the go-to gal for Facebook or Google or Instagram ads. I'm betting that there are tutors and other non-competing educators out there who could use your skills too. In a single weekend, you could craft a one-page website explaining who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Tools like WordPress and Squarespace make this very achievable, especially Squarespace if you're a total newbie. An online scheduling tool like Calendly or Acuity lets you set the times you're available to discuss projects while the actual work can and should be done outside of work hours. And don't forget the importance of effective copy on everything. Your website, your social media posts, anything that's customer facing needs to hit the mark and illustrate who you are and the value you offer. Definitely don't be lazy with this one. I spent a lot of time reading the work of great writers and two books that have helped me enormously with my writing are On Writing by Stephen King and Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit by Stephen Pressfield. Clearly one of the best book titles ever. However, the best resource I've found for learning how to write like me is an online course by Marie Folio and my favorite copywriter, Laura Belgray. It's called The Copy Cure. If you want a craft copy that cuts through the crap and speaks to your audience, it's worth every damn ruble, I can tell you. And while you're doing that, grab Laura's brilliant free download called The Five Secrets to non <laughs> I can't even say it. The Five Secrets to Non-Sucky Copy over at her website, which is talkingshrimp.com. Read anything of Laura's and then try not to become a fan, I dare you. She's brilliant. 
Most of us get hung up on choosing a single idea to work on, or we think we're not good enough to charge money for our skills. The first problem is a real one, and I have an idea for you on that in just a sec. The other problem is, um, well, I look at it this way. It's kind of like your Uncle Frank talking. Ignore him or whoever's living inside your head. You'll be surprised what people are into and will pay for. To make sure you're working on the right idea, try out the brilliant decision matrix in the Choose Your Topic course over at fizzle.co. I've been a member for years and their online training videos and the community of other entrepreneurs is the best out there. Just ask anyone. Finally, you need a way to charge people for your blood, sweat and tears. And I personally use Xero, X-E-R-O. It's simple, it's elegant, and it creates professional looking invoices that show you mean business. And that's about it, really. Sure, there are lots of other things you can and probably will do. But the key to creating anything worthwhile is just to begin and then iterate along the way. You won't get it perfect in the beginning. And what you think you're going to do might change over time too. But you need to start. You can't figure this stuff out by theorizing, by planning, by writing lists and by meditating. You just can't. You need to actually do something. And then when you're doing it, then you start to get a sense of, okay, I think I might head off a bit in this direction or I like this. I don't like doing that stuff so much. You know, you you have a much better chance of figuring out exactly what you want to do and, and what works and what doesn't. Losing your job is ranked as one of the most stressful events in a person's life, along with divorce and moving house. But it doesn't have to be. You can protect yourself and blaze your own trail, just in case the shit ever does hit the fan. But it takes time, and freelancing is one of the best ways to start out. They say the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago, and the second best is today. Start laying the groundwork now. Then one day, you'll be able to extend Franklin's statement to say, there are no certainties in life except death, taxes, and my moolah. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me for this week. Thanks for hanging around with me again on the Office Anywhere podcast. Uh, I love having you here. And if you want to get a few tips and strategies and a good dose of inspiration on working and living on your terms, then just go to officeanywhere.co. Also, you'll find the blog post that goes along with this uh, podcast episode over at officeanywhere.co slash 70. That's seven zero. Anyway, until I talk to you again next week, here's to working and living on your terms. I'll catch you then. Bye-bye.